Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about tech tyranny, talking about big tech tyranny. The question is, is the tail wagging the dog? Yes, I'm sure you have heard that um, both uh, Facebook and Twitter banned President Trump Twitter first, and then Facebook. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, and probably you included, were scratching your head saying, what? A tech company can ban the President of the United States? How did that happen? Well, why it happened is because they don't like his politics, but how it happened is really the bigger question, and even bigger is, uh, how can they ban you and I And what can we do about it? Um, You know, after they banned the president, they said, we're going after other people, too. And I'm sure that you may have already, uh, if you weren't good boys and girls, you may have already seen mysterious things happen, like I have, uh, where suddenly a whole bunch of your followers have mysteriously disappeared. And suddenly, even though under your post, I'm talking now about Twitter, under your post where there were likes and where there were X number of people who supposedly read your, your, your tweet um, and a certain number liked it and a certain number retweeted it, all of a sudden those things are gone. I mean, how could it be gone if someone liked your post? Um, how could they be, have disappeared? How could you not see their likes or their retweets? in that column. So um, this is a major question, you know, whether you like the president's politics or not, President Trump's politics or not. It's a, it's a major question for you and I. And, and the irony of this is, and the real danger is, that you can't write about it on uh, these social media sites. I mean, you can't write on Twitter, for example, well, that was horrible of you to ban the president. What are you up to? That, what do you think would happen if you did that? It would disappear. You would, might even be banned, not just shadow banned. So um, how did this happen? How did we get to this point where a privately owned company could have the power to ban the president? Well, here to answer those questions and much more is my guest, Patrick Wood. He is the um, creator, the um, creator and director of, uh, of the founder, I should say, and director of Citizens for Free Speech. It's a nonprofit organization that defends and protects the First Amendment. Well, welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you for having me on, Dr. Carroll. This is going to be a great program. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it because I have been puzzled <laughs> and uh, angry, enraged, and, um, you know, both about my own uh, shadow banning and, of course, about President Trump and other conservatives and just people in general. It's not just conservatives. They seem to have the power to just um, cancel whatever posts they don't like and cancel you if they think you have too many posts that they don't like. So how did this happen? How did we get into this mess? Well, this is an ideology that has been adopted by Silicon Valley for some time. Um, it's, uh, it's often thought by critics that Silicon Valley is mostly some type of left-leaning you know, Marxist conspiracy or something to, you know, promote socialism and communism and, uh, or just the democratic agenda, the Democrat agenda in Washington. And that's not really true. The censorship that's coming, uh, that we see all these platforms, uh, uh, the obvious ones, the Googles, the, the Facebooks, the Twitters, 
and there's a host of others as well, Amazon being a big one, um, they're censoring people who, for one reason or another, have an anti-globalist view of the world. Uh, that means the globalization process is taking place uh, in the world. Um, there are critics to that, and there are proponents to it. And those who, who buck that narrative, um, who talk about things like vaccines in a negative way or uh, face mask in a negative way or, um, you know, um, just kind of the Constitution and, and free speech and stuff like that, those are the people that are being censored. And you're right to say it isn't just liberals, it isn't just conservatives, it's, it's issues-based. And um, so how they got to this place is well, Wait, of, could I just um, interrupt you for a minute? So you're sure. saying that it is not true? You're saying that it's not true that um, Silicon Valley, the big techs, um, you're saying they, they don't? Uh, aren't interested in the left agenda and banning and and heading towards socialism and communism? Did I hear that right? Well, that's uh, that's what, exactly what I'm suggesting, and I, maybe we can explain that a little bit further, and you'll understand a little bit more what I mean. But um, <clears throat> the agenda that they're pushing for is uh, one more closely aligned with a political ideology or an economic ideology called technocracy, which is not uh, uh, socialism per se, and it's not communism either. But it uh, it's headed in a direction of scientific dictatorship, that is um, autocratic control over the entire economic unit uh, by a small group of people that are doing it mostly by algorithm, mostly by computer, mostly by artificial intelligence. Uh, you could look to China for an example of that with their social credit scoring system that um, that can automatically and immediately block somebody from certain privileges or open up certain privileges based on your behavior that they observe you and the wild, so to speak. Um, and that's happening here in America too right now. But the concept of rule by algorithm, uh, computers that is, um, it, uh, it departs from the traditional thinking of, uh, you know, just, I don't know, the left wing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and many of these people that are now some of the richest people in the world, like Jeff Bezos, for instance, and Elon Musk now actually is the richest man in the world, um, and the people at Google and so on, these people are fabulously wealthy, uh, billionaires. Jeff Bezos was predicted to be perhaps the first trillionaire one day. Um, you can look at these people, and you cannot really call them Marxist. You can't call them communist. You can't call them socialist. Uh, they're the richest people in the world. Well, what's their agenda? Well, their agenda is to micromanage the economic system from the very grassroots level on up and to basically dismantle the governmental system in the world and just take direct control over the economy. Um, this is what, for instance, the World Economic Forum is talking about right now. This founder, Klaus Schwab, is quite openly vocal about uh, their intent to kind of remove capitalism and free enterprise and the free market economics uh, system we've, we have in America and around the world and replace it with some other type of an economic system, namely sustainable development. Uh, it's a resource-based economic system. Uh, it would turn everything in America upside down, completely upside down. We would not know America as we know it today at all. It'd be completely gone. Property rights would be a thing of the past. Uh, the right of choice would be a thing of the past. Um, this is this is autocratic and it is draconian and it is dystopian. <laughs> it, in my opinion, it's far worse than just mere communism and socialism. I'm not saying I want communism uh -huh. or socialism, not that either. <laughs> but this is potentially so where, far worse. Where does where does Biden fit into this autocracy? Well, you know, Biden is completely. Um, on board with the globalist program, uh, openly on board. Trump was not. Trump uh, routinely took shots at the global elite and globalization in general. He took shots at China. He took shots at Europe and NATO and and uh, other you know programs initiatives that the that globalization was trying to um, you know put on us. 
Um, Biden is a horse of a different color. He's completely for the globalization process. He loves China, for instance, and always has. And, um, you know, he's uh, going to undo most of the economic um, sanctions that, uh, that Trump had instituted on countries that were or companies that were trying to, um, uh, you know, force America into doing things that weren't good for America. Um, so, on the other hand, he's basically just a useful idiot. I don't see him as being substantive in any of this. He just happens to go along because he's going to get along, and he'll probably make a lot of money out of it. Well, his family will anyway. Um, so, Biden is going to be a player. There's no doubt about it. He's going to be a complete 100% player for globalization, and he will not be criticized for his global positions on things. And um, uh, Trump, on the other hand, uh, if there was anything good about him, it certainly was the fact that he had no particular respect for the globalist agenda that would bury the United States six feet under. Well, which, is, of course, is um, why they tried so hard to get rid of him. Um, but, you know, of course, it's, it's, this is... Um, this is Orwellian, you know, 1984 on steroids. Uh, yes. So how come, I mean, you know, and, and, and uh, that's why also, like, the uh, uh, big tech didn't allow posts about, and, and including the New York Post story about Hunter Biden and, 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 and Joe Biden and their connections to China, for example. That was one of the stories that was buried by social media. It was. Absolutely. And of course, if that story had come out, it would have been a sharp blow against globalization because all the people involved there were members of this global elite crowd that want to take over the world. <laughs> so you, you just can't have a, a Hunter Biden being exposed right in the middle of their man getting into power. It's, it's fully understandable to me why they would bury the Hunter Biden story. Yes. So how come, um, so how do you explain, <laughs> you know, so this is all bigger than socialism and communism. Okay, so, I mean, you know, it's funny. I remember years ago, we're talking like 20 years ago, there used to be a man on the radio in Los Angeles. I don't know if he was just in Los Angeles or if it was syndicated or what, and I don't remember his name. Um, but I used to listen to him on the way to, I used to host a radio show at a particular time, and I used to listen to him um, on the radio. And he talked, now we're talking at least 20 years ago, or about 20 years ago. Now, um, he talked at that time about um, the global elites and wanting to take over the world and, and the economy and everything else. And um, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like at the time I thought, oh, it was entertaining, but I thought this guy's a crackpot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, 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 and recently, you know, with Biden and everything that's been happening, um, I mean, I've been thinking to myself about how I should have listened more closely to that at that time and tried to warn other people about it. But, you know, it, it, we were... That was kind of a heyday, and who thought that something this crazy could happen? It's pretty out there, I have to say. There, I'm sure you might remember the famous director, Alfred Hitchcock. Um, he mm -hmm. had a, a show on TV for a while called The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, and all of his sketches mm -hmm. were kind of scary, kind of spooky, not horror, but uh, they always had an interesting twist. And uh, one of his programs, uh, one of his shows, had pictured an insane asylum where the inmates who were certifiably crazy were locked in rooms and padded cells and that sort of thing and, uh, you know, really crazy people. And it showed the inmates uh, hatching a plot together to take over the asylum and switch places mm -hmm. with the staff. And so they did. They executed their plan, and they uh, kidnapped all of the uh, staff members, switched clothes with them, and locked them <laughs> in the rooms, with padded rooms, whatever, and straitjackets, et cetera. <laughs> uh, and they took over all the positions in the hospital, from nurses to front desk and everything else. And so the, uh, the inmates were running the asylum. 
And then new people started mm-hmm. to come to bring in more more uh, people to be committed. You know, Uncle Bill or whatever, you know, had lost his mind and had Alzheimer's. Who knows? But he was, he was crazy, and they brought him in to check in to the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And so these new inmates uh, who had taken over the staff positions, they said, oh, welcome. Come right in, sir. You know, Mrs. Jones, whatever, we'll take care of your uncle. Uh, yada, yada, sign here. Everything's legal, and it's going to cost you this much. And then they take Uncle Bill in the back room, and they say, uh, "Let me let us tell you what's going on here. Uh, you're you're in charge mm-hmm. of the West Wing." It oh. <laughs> 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 was a story. This was a story. It was absolutely hilarious looking backwards. But today, the reason I'm mentioning this today, there is a very real sense that the inmates have taken over the asylum. And they look just like the people that used to be there. They have on nice uh, tailored neckties and suits. And they speak with reasonably good English. But if you look more deeply into their agenda and more deeply into their kind of uh, mindset, you know, the psychological makeup, you'll find people, in my opinion, many of whom are just absolutely certifiably nuts. And they're telling mm-hmm. the world what to do right the rest of the world mm-hmm. doesn't understand yet how unplugged this whole philosophy ideology is. Well, that's kind of where I was going. Like, how come? How come there hasn't been more um, uh, exposure of this? Now, obviously, it wouldn't be on social media <laughs> the exposure, but like, oh. why? Okay, well, I, I guess I can answer my own question. It's because the people in charge of the, uh, um, are, are, would you say that the people in charge of the uh, media, like the uh, major television networks and so on, are part of the global elite? Absolutely so. They have been completely co-opted years ago, I might add, and they are only uh, touting the party line that is the narrative that we see coming out of big tech. For instance, in the media, if you talk about the populist movement, uh, they will now call the populist movement a bunch of white uh, extremists and threats to national security. Mm-hmm. That's their position now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that, that's pro-globalization to say that, and it's anti-populist movement to try and marginalize them and make them look like a bunch of idiots. So, uh-huh. mainline, like we saw, like what they're doing about January 6th. I need to, I'm sorry, but I need to interrupt you now because you probably didn't hear the music, but we have to take a break. Um, So we will let me uh, thank everyone for listening. Let me tell you, I'm sure you would, I'm sure you're glued to this. So you'll stay tuned for the next segment. My guest is Patrick Wood. And we're talking today about um, tech tyranny is the tail wagging the dog, and obviously this is even bigger than that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself and welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. We're talking today about um, tech tyranny is the tail wagging the dog. And we have gotten into an even more um, disturbing <laughs> thought uh, or, or, you know, um, story, really, true story. Um, and that is about uh, glo- the global elite. I was telling my guest, Patrick Wood, who is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, just now during the break, I was saying, you know, I must seem a little naive to, um, to not know about or not believe in uh, the global elite. I mean, yes, as I was saying, even 20 years ago, I was hearing about this. <laughs> I just haven't wanted to believe that this could be true um, because it's such a pro- scary proposition. I mean, one of the things that... Um, I do is I work as the terrorist therapist and have been talking about, um, you know, all the dangers of terrorism and so on. Uh, but when we talk about the global elite, you know, that in a sense is much bigger um, than terrorism or the potential for that. Although, although, I don't know, that's kind of an interesting thought. I wonder how the global elite would deal with terrorism. Well, Patrick, why don't you continue with where, where you were going? Well, yeah, what a, my main point, I think, was just to say that a lot of people cannot accept um, what what is happening right now. When, like when we speak these things into the air and people, it does fall on people's ears. It's such a big story for many people that they simply cannot process it. It just goes in one ear and picks up speed and goes out the other side. And <clears throat> I don't think that's... I can't be critical of people who actually behave that way, you know, who, who just kind of fall prey to it. And they can't understand it. This seems to kind of be a, a, a basic, um, what do I want to call it? Maybe a basic uh, facet of the human mind. Things that are too big mm-hmm. that just don't fit in your limited experience and stuff are discarded. They're, they're just deemed as being not true or not relevant to me. Uh, right. The answer for this is, is obviously is truth is, you know, wiping away the ignorance by learning, by opening your mind up, studying, et cetera. And I have to say, there are a lot of people in America right now who are waking up from their slumber, um, who have yes. sensed kind of a general sense there's been something wrong for a long time, but now they're really starting to get it. It's like, I better pay attention and wake up here because my house is about to burn down and I want to know what's going on. Yes. Yes. It's like um, the January 6th so-called insurrection um, was like turning on a switch, you know, which, of course, they blame on Trump, although he said nothing of the kind. Um, He did not tell people to do that. (laughs) Um, But it was like turning, flipping a switch and sending all these people, you know, from the big tech to mm-hmm. um, the t- television stations, you know, CNN, for example, wanting to get rid of um, uh, OANN and, um, and Newsmax. I mean, everything, yeah. um, airlines not wanting to allow some of the Republican congressmen to uh, fly on their airline. I mean, all these things happened at once. So clearly... Uh, one has to realize that this is beyond, you know, Republican-Democrat politics. It's like, and, and from what you're talking about, it's like giving rise not just to the leftists, you know, not just to um, 
to socialism and communism, but it seems like it's this global elite that turned on the switch. I mean, you know, like, okay, folks, now's the time, and they just swooped in. Exactly. And this is the nature of a coup d'etat, I might add. I think these people have been uh, preparing for this for a long time, and they finally had opportunity to pull the master switch, so to speak. Um, So all of the the wannabes are also piling on, uh, even if they don't know what's going on, they're still piling on. And uh, people are coming in with different agendas, like, for instance, in some uh, high, you know, very Democrat radical states, the mandates are much more um, draconian than other states that are more open, like South Dakota, for instance. Um, <clears throat> but everybody that's got some type of agenda that's related to globalization is jumping on the, the bandwagon now uh, across the country. And the narrative is being completely flipped. All the people that supposedly caused the riots and stuff they say in, um, in, in Washington on January 6th, all of those people now have been summarily categorized with no input from anybody else, but they have been categorized as terrorists and domestic terrorists and threats to national security. So this is like, you know, say what? Um, (laughs) Really? Uh, Moms and, you know, with moms with infants and, you know, people, blue collar, white collar workers, just normal American people are now domestic terrorists comparable to ISIS or Al-Qaeda? I don't think so, but this is what they're, this is what they're saying now. Uh, this is just more evidence, by the way, I yeah. think, of the inmates running the asylum right now. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, for example, the people in Congress who turned on Trump from Pence to um, Mitch McConnell to, you know, the various... Uh, uh, people and in, in representatives in Congress, uh, senators, representatives, um, you know, who suddenly switched. I mean, news is coming out, although uh, it's not really very well publicized. I mean, the New York Post, I love the New York Post. Um, when, when I li- I'm from New York originally, and when I used to live in New York, um, you know, I was kind of a, a New York Times snob, that that's the only paper that's worth reading. But I have come to love the New York Post. And um, and they, you know, have talked about things like, for example, Mitch McConnell being the connection between he and his wife and China, and um, and then other people, uh, well, Swalwell and his uh, the Honey Pot, the spy from China, you know, who who seduced right. him and all that. Um, you know, these things are coming out little by little, but people, it is too big to sort of get your head around because because once you. Uh, you know, acknowledge, okay, this global elite exists and they're trying to uh, destroy the free market and all of that. It's like, what do you do about it? What do you do about it? That's where your organization takes, <laughs> comes in, I, I gather. Well, I, I hope so. I, you know, we, we need to do a lot of stuff in a short period of time because this uh, juggernaut is coming at us like an express train and um, if, if enough Americans don't stand up to, to, to make a stand, uh, it's just going to roll over us. And I, I want to stress again the nature of the, of the anti-populist mentality that these, uh, these technocrats have. That's the one thing that scares them to death is the people. And po- the populist movement, especially in the United States and Great Britain, uh, that brought Brexit to Great Britain, um, they have been the biggest threat to these technocrats that ever existed. And that's one reason they absolutely feel they need to squash the, uh, the movement, the whole populist movement. Now, in Great Britain, they've largely done it now because their current PM, Boris uh, Johnson, Bojo, they call him, um, has turned into a radical environmentalist, a radical lockdown uh, uh, pre, you know, prime minister, and he's locked the country down, is killing their economic system, is forcing people to stay in their homes, even to the extent of allowing the police to go in and arrest somebody. If somebody snitches on you for having somebody outside your home, in your home, the police can come in now and arrest all of you. It's crazy. Yes. Even the National Health Organization. Yes. Has... Go ahead. He... No, I, I read about that. Even the national. Go ahead. Even the National Health Organization. What? 
Well, they've, they've now declared that, uh, that people should wear a face mask during sex. It's like, <laughs> okay, how are they going to please that? Is that like putting a paper, not like putting a paper bag over your partner's head if they're not attractive? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, this, this is just so, it, but, in, but the point is, in Great Britain right now, the populist movement has been crushed by this whole pandemic thing and a few other things, but mostly that. And they're trying to attack us now in the same way with face masks so we don't have free speech, with social distancing so we can't gather together and assemble peaceably. Um, it's censoring uh, free speech, of course, and freedom of the press. And, of course, when you talk about redressing the government for grievances, the government isn't even listening to us anymore. They're paying no mm-hmm. attention. In fact, here in Arizona, uh, fences have been put up, put up around the entire capital area and the mall area where people used to protest. You can't even get in there mm-hmm. now, and the guardsmen are guarding our state capital, so it's off limits to everybody. And this is happening around the country. Many states are in the same position. They're they're completely fencing their their whole government uh, complex. And of course, in Washington D.C. right now, it's turned into a virtual war zone with what thirty thousand National Guard in the smallest geographic yes. area in the country. That's crazy. Yes, yes. Well, so um, so coronavirus um, has been, I guess that was a prior step in terms of flipping the switch and giving people an excuse to make us do things, wear masks, stay at our home, inside our homes and all of that, take away our rights, get us used to um, being good little boys and girls and listening to the people in, in charge. <laughs> That's, that's a big part of it. it is, it's political at this point. Uh, it's for the sake of control, and it's on a global basis. It's important to see that it's on a global basis as well. This is not just America, and that, that really proves the point. It's not you know, liberal versus conservative or Democrat versus Republican. This is a global program that's going on right now, affecting every nation on Earth, all virtually. There's a few that have escaped it, but... Um, the, the economic lockdown, the face mask, the locked, you know, staying at home, that sort of thing. This is global. And the, the goal, and, in my and opinion. So, yeah, the goal in your opinion. Well, it, the goal is to kill capitalism and free enterprise so that they can bring in this other economic system that they want to bring in. That's a resource-based economic system and basically control all the resources of the world. So what could you um, elaborate on that? Well, sure. What if is you, the resource-based system? Right. If you look at um, the World Economic Forum, that's the group that meets in Davos, Switzerland every year, The all of the mucky mucks in giant corporations and governments go there to talk about the, the you know globalization, basically. If you read what the founder, Klaus Schwab, is saying about this so-called Great Reset, he's, he's predicting and promoting the idea that capitalism and free enterprise needs to die, and out of the ashes of free market economics will rise this new economic system, which will be based on resource management and allocation. This has been known by several names over a period of time. Originally, it was technocracy. Other names that we can call it today, the New International Economic Order was one came out in 73. George W. Bush uh, said, um, or George H. W. Bush said it was the New World Order. Uh, then you had Agenda 21 come along in 1992. Uh, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton started to call it um, smart growth after that in America. Um, and the United Nations picked it up under the label of sustainable development. So it's had multiple names along the way just to kind of, I'm sure, just to facilitate marketing. 
But sustainable development is highly documented uh, on the United Nations website, and so people can get a an eyeful of what this is all about. They want to micromanage the resources of the world, take them away from you and me, uh, take away the right to private property where that won't be necessary anymore to have private property, and they will manage the resources of the world to dictate who gets to make things with what resources and who or what you as a consumer must consume. And uh, they've, they've written monologue, I mean, just huge books and stuff on this about what is sustainable and what isn't sustainable. Um, and they're fully intending to turn the world into something that looks originally like um, hmm, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley in 1932. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is crazy talk, but like I said, <laughs> crazy... Crazy does as crazy thinks, right? <laughs> so are you saying that, um, like, if these various presidents, you know, had some clue that this was all happening, are you saying that um, they went along with it because they were part of this global elite? I mean, why, why didn't any of these prior presidents um, stop it before it got, you know, while it was still more easily stoppable? They were all complicit is the problem. They were all in, in complicit and in bed with it. To a man. To a man. You can go back to Jimmy Carter, uh, the first globalist president uh, that was a member of the Trilateral Commission way back when. They were promoting the new international economic order. Uh, then he had Ronald Reagan and George Bush. Reagan was not a member, but George Bush was, and then he became president for four years. And then Bill Clinton and Al Gore came in. They were both members of the Trilateral Commission promoting a new international economic order. Uh, then George W. Bush came in with Dick Cheney. Uh, Bush was not a member, but Dick Cheney was. Obama came along. He brought a whole pack of globalist and Trilateral Commission members into his administration. It just never stopped. They... they uh, even uh, if they figured, well, I'll get mine out of it. I, you know, I'll get my own pockets lined with green cash. Um, they were talked into a position of compromise with globalization to let these technocrat initiatives slide through, while letting the people think they still had some semblance of control over what was going on. Uh huh. Okay. Well, again, we need to take an, a break. But this is all um, super important stuff. So my guest is Patrick Wood. We're talking today about, apparently we're talking about globalization, not just tech tyranny, but more tyranny than, than that. So stay tuned, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking today about uh, technocracy, the global elite, uh, how we're going to be losing our houses. (laughs) We're all going to be homeless in a sense, right? Um, I mean, I think maybe if, if it was brought down to people in that kind of um, very personal way, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to own your house anymore um, or other property, maybe people would pay attention. What? What do you say? What, what has that happen? Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you. And property rights have been, or let's say the destruction of property rights has been on the table for over three decades now. And we have seen property rights degrade in every country on the planet. Some, some countries have no property rights in the beginning. Those are the ones that are really, really backwards in, in, in poverty. But uh, the right to own property has been the foundation of America's greatness and economic prowess, period. Without private property, we have nothing. It requires private property in order for people to build companies and factories and and personal assets like houses or farms or ranches or whatever. And without private property, we are left basically in a neo-feudal type of a system where the rich oligarchs own everything and the people own nothing and basically are squatting on the back 40 trying to eke out a living. This is not the future we want, Mm -hmm. Dr. Carroll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, you know, is, is this part, I'm just thinking about what you were talking about with the U.K., um, is this, and in Europe in general, um, is, is this why, uh, you know, I've been wondering um, why, how, why the leaders of European countries and the U.K., why they are allowing so many migrants to come in from, uh, from Africa, from, you know, all different countries, and basically to take over, um, you know, to, to exhaust, I mean, for that matter, in America, too, and especially Biden has just said that he's going to, that's one of the things he's planning to do yes. is letting, um, letting people who are here become citizens and opening the doors to immigrants, um, you know, to flood into the U.S. So is that part of the same thing? that, um, I mean, destroying the economic systems? It absolutely is. And in Europe in particular, where um, migration has just been oh, horribly destructive uh, to the nation states of, uh, of Europe, um, the whole policy of immigration was originally a major plank in the establishment of sustainable development in Europe. And it, the program came mostly out of the United Nations, and they were very vocal about it at the time. Some of the leaders uh, in the United Nations and in the corporate world that were trying to promote this migration thing in Europe, they said openly that the only way for the sustainable development goals to succeed in Europe was to establish a multicultural society. And that was their logical, that was their basis, not logical, that was their basis for, uh, for demanding that countries open up their borders and let all these hordes in from other countries. Most of those came, of course, from the Mideast and Africa. But this has, been, this has very much been part of the plan, and that is part of the plan in America here, too, is to radically transform our economic system and just the culture of our nation. Well, how, yes, I wanted to get back to that. You had mentioned the U.N. How is it that a big organization like the U.N. um, could make these statements, you know, blatantly state all of this, 
and not have anybody say, well, wait a second, you know, what are you doing? What? I mean, on the surface, it kind of looks like just a very um, um, humanistic or nice thing to do to let uh, people into your countries and, you know, be friendly and, and all of that. Um, but surely there must have been, there must be and must have been um, people who saw it for what it was. How did that, how did that, go over the heads of, of most of the people in America. I just don't think they ever considered it in terms that were larger than the tip of their nose. <laughs> Honestly, I, they just, it just never occurred to them that there might be some other agenda. But there is, and, and, I, and I'm, I have to hasten here, too, to add, I, just, this may help people understand just a little bit better. <clears throat> the idea of... Um, destructing or deconstructing the nation state, this is necessary for globalization to succeed. Um, and any nation state that would stand against globalization needs to be broken down to the point where the borders can be, will be insecure, where the culture is changed, and thereby the entire society will be sub- subservient to the global uh, system. And so... Yes, uh, yes. The, Migration is destructive to a nation state. It, it rips it apart. It, it tears it down. And there's a huge agenda yeah. to tear down a nation state. Well, you know, I lived, uh, I went to medical school in Belgium, and I lived there for three years and then in Paris for almost three years, and I lived in the U.K. in London also. Um, and I have, of course, been back many times, and I see, have been seeing over the years the destruction of the culture. I mean, it, it doesn't really, you don't have to, I mean, it's just been, it's just, uh, especially hurts, well, it hurts me both in, in the UK and in, uh, in Paris, but, you know, mm-hmm. Paris has such a, um, a beautiful culture, and um, even when I was there, but when I was there, it was really just beginning, I guess, and it didn't, it, 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 there, wasn't, there wasn't much of a, I mean, there was a hint that maybe this could get worse, but not like mm-hmm. it is today. And um, it's just so sad to see. I mean, for example, there was the, uh, you know, the beheading of that teacher. And so there have been a lot of um, um, articles about that, news about that, that, where they've done studies now uh, in classes. And there are so many students and people who believe that um, that, that was okay, that you're not supposed to talk about um, Islam or that, that the teacher was wrong. He wasn't talking about it in like a, a negative way, but he was, um, this was all about the Charlie Hebdo thing. And it's yeah. just like the, 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 these studies just showed such incredibly scary results and how people were more aligned with the terrorists than they were with the French teachers, you know? So <laughs> yes. it's really it's really sad. We don't have much time left, and I want you to um, talk about your organization and tell people how they can you know join it or or find out more about it and what you're doing about these things. Absolutely, citizensforfreespeech.org um, is a nonprofit organization. Um, it's uh, free to join. All people have to do is go to our homepage and put their name on the line and get on board with us. Uh, we have a, a robust volunteer program uh, that about probably 15% of our members join immediately. You don't have to, but you can. Uh, we're offering training for people to learn how to communicate again with people in their own community, whether it be family members who have become estranged or if it's uh, interacting with, um, you know, political figures in your local community, city council, uh, county commissioners, education board, et cetera. And uh, we believe that uh, local activism is the only way to rebuild America from the bottom up at this point. Only your local mm-hmm. community at this point has the ability to stand uh, against the onslaught of, of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, it's so funny because I, I didn't really, I wasn't expecting the conversation to go in this direction, but I am so <laughs> glad that it did because this is even, this is much worse than just Twitter, <laughs> you know? This is far beyond Twitter. Um, 
or Facebook or any of that. Uh, that's just a, a symptom of it and, um, you know, an unfortunate symptom because, of course, whether they are controlling the television stations, the radio stations, you know, on radio, for example, um, you know, now some uh, radio syndicators, uh, you know, uh, companies that have several different stations, uh, one in particular, Cumulus, I think it was, said that they weren't allowing their radio hosts to talk about um, the insurgents unless um, unless they talked about it, either not at all, or if they did, then in a way that would, would certainly call these people, like you said, call just plain old Americans uh, domestic terrorists. I mean, there were some radicals, obviously, who you know, made, um, who were the most uh, destructive or, you know, but, but for the majority, it really was just plain people who cared about their country. Exactly. Exactly. The tables have been turned upside down where the world to many people now looks like Alice in Wonderland. They can't yes. tell where the fantasy begins and ends. Yes, I have been saying that. We've all fallen down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's, it's, well, we need people like you, um, and I'll have to have you on down the road to keep, to keep tabs on the state of affairs of what's, uh, of what's yeah. going on with this or how far they're, how far they're getting. Um, and during the break, I want to mention that Patrick Wood, I was asking him how many people are in this global elite and how can I join? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you join that? Is there a website to go to? <laughs> right. um, and he was saying that there were hundreds and perhaps thousands. So, yes. so um, this is a, a very serious, it's not two or three. To... Yes, yes, considering it's the whole globe, right. Um, it's not just Bezos and uh, Elon Musk. Um, yeah. I know I'm going to be sorry one day that I, I talked about Elon Musk um making his brain uh, the thing that he wanted to put in people's brains, uh, criticizing that. I, I know I'm going to be sorry someday. <laughs> well, okay, let me yeah. thank my guest again, Patrick Wood. His organization is um, citizensforfreespeech.org. And please go check it out and, uh, and even preferably join it because, because we really do uh, need to wake up lots of people to what's going on. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 